Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first episode of The Chosen Chronicles. My guest today, oh, some would say, is one of the greatest things in prediction sport at the minute. He is a two-time intercontinental champion. He's the current leader of the Den of Deceit. He has the longest collective championship reign with his first reign going from the 9th of January 2021 to the 21st, or sorry, to the 31st of January 2021, the second from the 21st of March till now. He is an entrepreneur, a scholar, an avid rock climber, as well as many other things. From Manhattan, New York, ladies and gentlemen, the pinnacle, Alan Matthews. What's happening, buddy? How are we? Doing good. Nice of you to join me at the minute. First of all, I'd like to thank you for being the first guest on the Chosen Chronicles. Um, as I've been talking to you before, um, it's a little bit for us to tear back the mask of prediction sport. Instead of us being the pinnacle, the chosen one, today we are Caleb and Connell. It's a nice, easy sort of little chat. So first of all, let me know how you get into prediction sport. Man, okay. Uh, man, real, honestly, very, very randomly, um, me being and like joining FTW, first time I'd ever done anything with prediction sports like at all. Um, I was I actually talked with Byron about this a couple of weeks ago because I don't remember how I got involved in it, and he reminded me. Um, so basically, um, there is a Facebook group out there, and it's basically this giant Facebook group for, uh, like, for a bit for like black people that are into like nerd stuff, like very. It's like one of the biggest like you know blur groups or whatever in on Facebook. And anyways, one day, I was read. I was in that group, and somewhere in there, Byron had made a post talking about the league. And just put it out there, like in the, I think maybe even in like the comment section, like, "Hey, I'm doing this. Just boom, check it out." And um, I like just happened to click on it, and I kind of looked at it, and I was like, you know, this is interesting. Like, I've already watched. I'm already watching wrestling. I already feel like I have a good idea for this. So, like, you know, let's just try it out and see what happens. So to go back into that, did you find it easier having that background knowledge to try and? for the first couple of weeks to try and create that character known as, that we know now as the pinnacle. Um, did you find that maybe a little bit harder to tap into that creative side or did that sort of come natural to you? Um, let's see. So I initially like hopped in. Yeah. Um, I don't know what happened there. I think the sort of Wi-Fi is cutting between us, but okay. um, I wasn't sure what happened. But yeah, um, so because I, I know with my stuff that when it comes to sort of doing, trying to do written promos, that it, I when I do them, it's not the best. With verbal promos, I can get my point across a lot more because you can sort of see the emotion. When you're sitting there with a glass of bourbon, looking down the camera, do you have that sort of effect where when you see someone comes on to the like the live video or when you see someone comment, do you instantly want to respond? Or is it one of them things where 
you still stay focused and you try to get your point across from the original promo? Um, let's see. Can you still see me? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Some some of we were with it on my on my end. That's that's why I asked. All right. I'll keep going. Um, so yeah, man. Um, so starting out with the promo things, I started out kind of writing more. I think. Um, and then I kind of decided to move to the talking promos. I'm usually consider myself more of a a talker, anyways. And I will say there's a there is kind of a difference between when I'm going to just, I guess, record one versus going to live. And it is kind of a thing with the live where I kind of, I'm intentionally telling myself when I'm doing that, that I'm not paying attention to who, to whoever drops in. Like I'm assuming, like I'm, I'm basically just assuming at that point, imagining that there's thousands of people watching. And so I'm not paying attention. I'm always, you know, to, to help keep my own self focused, basically. Uh, <laughs> um, and let's see, yeah. Um, generally, what I what I think about doing the promos, I think I have usually have like kind of like bullet points of some things I want to say, and I might have like I might have like one or two lines that like I already kind of have going, but it's not really fully scripted out. And usually, once I hit go, I'm just I kind of just like freestyling and ad libbing the points in between, if that makes sense. Yeah. See, that's. At the start, that's what I've done. Because I've been in this for, I don't know, I'm 19. But I've been in this for maybe five, six years now in different leagues and whatever else. When I first started out, I used to plan everything that I was going to say. And, like, everything would have been sitting there and I wouldn't have went off off script. As I got used to it, I think I sort of went to the point where, um, especially when I was working with Haywood um, in the when I when I first joined here, that anything and everything I said was off the top of my head. Nothing was ever planned. And just, I reacted to whether it was Luscious or it was the likes of, say, you or Byron or someone commenting on there. It was one of them ones where I just reacted. But, yeah, um, I think as you get on, it becomes a whole lot easier to start doing verbal promos because you get used to the character. You find out more who you are. True, So. Yeah, as long, I yeah think, I would, sorry, go ahead. Also, yeah, I would agree. Like the longer I think you're kind of in character, you can kind of start thinking of more ideas of like how you want to, like what you want to do um, with that. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, and for me, part and then for me personally, I also think that my own general background helps me out with like the promo thing because, like, so I'm. So I've been involved like religion in the church and I've been, I've like started preaching in like, in like a church when I was like 17, 18. So, and I, you know, so between that and then doing school, I'm always having to like, you know, do a sermon or do like a lecture or a presentation for a class or something. So like that, so for me, that, that general concept of talking is already like something that I, like I do, like that's really one of the main things that I do. So that, so doing it with wrestling something that I already kind of watched um I, it's it's fun for me because usually I have to talk about more like I guess you know some more serious things serious topics and stuff that you don't really potentially you wouldn't want to talk about yeah I get you right yeah and so this one it's like I'm kind of getting to say you know is an avenue where I can kind of talk and be creative but there's not as much you know 
real like stress involved with it. Yeah, and I can have some fun with it. So going on to, on to that, how different is Caleb from Alan Matthews? Is there much of a difference, or how did you sort of come up with that? Dare I say, sort of like not egotistical, but sort of like that, just that sort of chill, sort of laid back guy that just sits and sips his bourbon and just doesn't seem to get annoyed at anything, but can still be the longest, one of the longest reigning, if not the longest reigning uh, championship with his collective reigns. Uh, I mean, let's see. I got I got lost in that. I got lost in that question for a second. Hold on. Uh, how do I do that? Yeah, I'm sorry. What, what was the question again? It's sort of just being like, how different is Caleb from Alan? Like oh, from Alan Matthews? How different? Um. So yeah, how different is Caleb from Alan Matthews? Ka- yeah, kind of different and kind of not. Like was what I would really say. Um, I would I would really. I would say that Alan Matthews or like the pinnacle character is a version of myself that was kind of, that's kind of like, basically when I crafted the pinnacle, I thought, what would a version of myself be that was like, that just essentially had more, had like less humility? Like what would a more like, a more confident, like more vain, like slightly more egotistical version of myself that is not, you know, like that doesn't have like, you know, humility. What would that like, what would that be like? You know, um, when mixed in, mixed in with this kind of like air of, you know, um, aristocrat blue blood, you know, kind of whatever mixed in with that. Yeah. See that that's sort of a nice way to think about it. Cause I think most of us have our characters as, or like versions of us that the public don't get to see. So I think that it's it's brilliant that when Byron has this or other people of other leagues that when we get in here, we portray ourselves, but just in a different light. And maybe, maybe it is those people that lack confidence with the big group or those that wouldn't normally in high school or something like that wouldn't have been the popular kid. But whenever they come in here, they're the best, they're the best around. Um, and yeah, so that's it's it's nice to see that we can all be our characters, but when we're talking at the same time, you can see little glimpses of Alan Matthews and you, the chosen one and me, definitely Hollywood Haywood and Haywood with the energy. But so it, it is it yeah. it is nice to see that. But um another one would sort of be just another question in there. WCW or WWE? I mean, does it really have to be? Man, you got to be like that. It's got to be one or the other. It's got to be one or the other. Or were you one of these fans that watched both? Yeah, I mean, like, I was I was truly, like, I was, you know, especially when I was able to finally get, like, satellite TV and, uh, uh, you know, out in the country where I was living, I definitely was, like, kind of flipping back and forth between those two. Um, it's, man, that's a hard... That's a hard thing. Um, I guess overall, I probably have to lean slightly WWE, but uh, I have to always hesitate for WCW because I mean, man, I was a I was a big fan of the cruiserweight division 
So I think yeah, at that I'll, I think at that stage everybody was a fan of the cruiserweights, and I think for the majority of it, that's why WCW peaked because sort of around that era, Vince was still sort of on the body Donna character idea where you had to be six foot five, three hundred, yep. built like a brick shit house yep, to even exactly. get on his TV. Where we were seeing guys that weren't particularly small in hindsight when you look at Jericho and maybe they were small in regards to Big Sexy or boys like that. But Eddie Guerrero, Chris Jericho, mm-hmm. Rey Mysterio. Moving to come, Moving to going in there and um, Dean Malenko, yep. Benoit. Absolutely, like and those and like those were the matches I was watching. You know, because I'd go on there and you know on Nitro, and like you would see something like Psychosis versus you know you'd see like Psychosis versus Eddie Guerrero on Monday Nitro, and you would and like it would be mind blowing. Like, you know, yeah, you, I, I I remember I when I first started watching it was I think I ended up watching was it Halloween Havoc, Mysterio and. I want to say psychosis, but I'm not. I think I'm wrong. Maybe it might have been Eddie, but I remember watching sort of the crew that cruiserweight division at the time, and just looking and being like, "Holy shit!" It it was. I think you were watching the main event, and you were looking, being like, "Yes, exactly, exactly." Like I, it the cruiserweight put on a better match than the championship match. They, and they did. And the thing is, like, if you look back at like the old match, the old like pay per views. Like they always do the cruiserweights out there at the beginning and for that first match. And it's always like dead silent every time they go out there. But by the end of the match, you always look and the crowd is always like popping like crazy. Uh, they they yeah. were always they always knew how to how to put on a good show. Ultimo Dragon appearing with all of like the belts and you know the Super J Cup. I, I dug that. So um yeah, exactly. I think it's just the cruiserweights, especially in the last couple of years as well, they, they were brought back in with the cruiserweight classic and different stuff like that. But unfortunately, I think they've sort of fell off the wagon again. Man, I mean, 205 is still out there making episodes, but it's it's not it's not great to look at. I've, I've looked at a couple episodes here recently, but it's not good. Yeah, I think the, a few of the original talents like T, uh, TJP, um, all the stuff with Jack Gallagher on, on the speaking out of the talking out movement. I think that sort of killed it because they were sort of the big names from the original tournament. And once they gone, yeah, I, I was, think they just lost all hope. And then obviously all this NXT UK stuff as well, that's slipped under the radar. Um, I think it's just been, a, it's, I think it's just been a nightmare in general for Vinny over the last couple of years, but it's just, it's just one of them things, I think. Yeah, it is just one of those things, but it, you know, I don't know. I, luckily, I can kind of go back and look at the old stuff, and there's still new stuff happening too in other spots. So it's 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 all good. But yeah, so that's why I said it, it's hard because I like WCW because the cruiserweight division really pulled through. But I, I guess I'll lean WWE because yes, the the characters stood out more, and so for like for me, like growing up, one of the first, you know the characters are kind of what gravitated towards me. And like one of my first early favorite wrestlers was a WWE guy. Cause it was a uh, Scott Hall doing Razor Ramon. And... Uh, the bad guy. Yeah. If you yeah. had this sort of 
if you had to sort of throw the pinnacle in with anybody, past, present, or potentially future, uh, WCW, WWE, TNA, ECW, or even some of the territories, who would you want the pinnacle to go versus in ring? Man, who would I, man, who would I want the pinnacle to go against in the ring? Man, I, you know, if I had to go so like right off the top of my head, who would I think the pinnacle would want to go against or would be interesting? It would be something like, it would be me, it would be wrestling somebody like um, a William Regal. You know, like it'd be that be that would be a funny thing to me to kind of kind of have this, you know, pompous, arrogant American versus the pompous, arrogant like Brit. That right. would be that would be yeah. um, definitely yeah, I, that, that that would be fantastic. I can imagine the vignettes, him drinking yeah. his tea and you drinking your bourbon. You're right. Um, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All of that, but then also too, and this is kind of I guess telling me telling of like kind of one of the of like one of the wrestlers that I kind of like you know, built the pinnacle around Regal Regal was one of those was one of those characters. When I that when I when he was one of those wrestlers when I thought about the pinnacle, he was like kind of floating in the atmosphere as as one of the influences because I loved Regal having, you know, having that kind of like pompous blue blood attitude. But then you saw him in the ring and the dude was and the dude was like very technical, like very polished, but then also he, you know, kind of a brawler like that technical brawling thing i, I always really appreciated with yeah i think with it was sort of in the same i think around the same time with the british wrestling and fit finley dave finley was quite like that too that he was one of them ones that yeah yep. when, when he spoke you listened and when he got in the ring you watched like um regal was fantastic at like he, even as now that the fact is he can keep his voice at a low tone or just the same monotone uh, sort of like level the whole way through and yeah. everybody's all ears. You will move closer to the TV. You'll turn the volume up because you want to hear what he says. So going to this NXT announcement with William Regal, I don't know if you've caught up. He said he's going to come out. Is he announcing that he's going to come back in the ring one more time against the pinnacle Alan Matthews? <laughs> Man, you know what? It, you know what? That'd be that would be great. That would be great if he did. But I, I think I think Regal. I think Regal's probably a smart man to realize this, that uh, that his time is over and that the Pinnacle's time is is amongst us right now. So yeah, well that that that's a fair enough question or a fair enough answer, I should say. Um, so where did the name come from? Because obviously we've seen over the last couple of weeks that MG or MJF. And AEW have decided to take your name and have yep. decided to steal some of your promo ideas, whether yep. Byron's been sending them across or they have a spy in the group. But we've seen now that there's the pinnacle in AEW, there's the pinnacle in FTW. What's your ideas on that? And how did you come up with the pinnacle name? <laughs> uh, first of all, yeah, that whole when that whole thing happened with AEW, it was man, like I just I thought that was the funniest thing possible. But also it was, but also I liked it because it was kind of a confirmation that like you know the idea that I had had was was a good one. Um. Uh. So this is gonna again go back to 
you know, pulling up further influences of things. Um, part of it came from, part of it definitely was an element to the pinnacle of Mr. Perfect. Um, as far as like the, if you look at, if you look at like the old, like Mr. Perfect, like vignettes they did where he's like, you know, he's excelling all the sports and everything. Uh, that vibe he had of, you know, I'm good at everything just like naturally. And you know, like kind of like confident arrogance he had. I like, I, I like that element of, of things. Um, and then I wanted my character to, to like make it clear that like that they're a wrestler, but like not just a wrestler. And I was like, so just just to kind of I don't know create some difference to character and let me let that character be able to like incorporate a lot of different elements of like life and bring it into into the promo world and into the world of FCW. Um, and then that's and that's again part of the reason why you see you know. Why when you see the promos, uh, you know the Pinnacles doing stuff like listening to like string quartet music, or you know I'm talking about like whatever scotch I'm drinking, uh, or you know go or you know he's going to, to Korea and he's you know meeting new fans, all these all these sorts of things. It's just um kind of just to give this vibe of no matter that no matter what the Pinnacle touches, he's always a success at it. It's in in that vibe, it's sort of like a million dollar man, sort of. It it is it is sort of like a million dollar man, but I was like, where I guess the difference where it's a little Mister Perfect is that you know, million dollar man always would like resort to the money, to pay his way to get to, to get whatever done. Uh, at the pinnacle, I guess the the pinnacle slight tweak that is, is that the pinnacle usually not about team knows that he's good enough to get it done in the ring, and he doesn't need to get the money involved need the money aspect so yeah. when you came in to sort of just jump back and forth i know i'm bouncing back and forth quite a lot here but no when you came in and sort of the den and the seat was an idea how did that come around was that you speaking to byron was it somebody who came to you with the idea or yeah. did you feel that a faction at the time was the best thing for you to boost the pinnacle yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, the den was already uh, a going thing when I joined them, and really what it was was early on in the league. Um, you know, I kind of again, like I said, I kind of hopped in and stumbled into the league randomly. Haven't been doing prediction sports, so like I, I'm in this group. I don't know. I like I literally don't know anybody, and so for a while I'm just. I'm, you know, floating out here and I'm like just a solo wrestler, not joining any groups. And in some way to kind of, I guess it felt, I felt like it was probably good initially to, to join a group, do the faction things. We were, we were kind of having this faction based setup with FGW, which I like and like it makes more sense, but this is, but I'm also a New Japan fan. So, you know, I, the whole faction stable thing makes sense to me. Um, and then, so I was kind of thinking like, who would it be or, you know, who might reach out to me? And then it, it also just so happened that, that, um, Adam or, you know, or, I was like, Tyson Hollywood, they, I was like, they were the, they were, they reached out to me. They were like the first people to reach out to me and was like, Hey, you know, we'd like, we'd love to have you in the den. 
and, you know, I'm looking at this, I'm like, okay, it's them, Den of Deceit, you know, that sounds like, you know, the name, like, that sounds like some, a kind of a faction that, you know, the Pinnacle would probably, you know, be affiliated with, so, you know, it made sense, and I knew some of the people, I knew, I'd seen some of the work that people in that group had done, and I liked it, like, from a creative standpoint, so I was like, cool, yeah, like, let's do, let's do this and see, and see how it goes, and I've been in it ever since. I think, so when, when you come in and you sort of see, like, I think I came in around January time, maybe maybe slightly earlier, but I don't think I was active until maybe but January um, properly. Yeah. But when when I came in, it was definitely, it was like uh, Hollywood and Tyson Holly being probably the two main people that were posting, whether it was written promos, video promos. Yeah. When... Do you keep up to date with everything everybody try like to the best that everybody tries to do? Oh uh, yeah, I, yeah, I would say yeah, I do. I, I'm you know even if I don't like comment or react on it in general, I'm I'm usually looking at what everybody is uh, doing like promo wise, just because because for me, I mean, really that's that's the thing that makes it so interesting. Um, you know, um. It doesn't for me. I'm like I, I don't spend a lot of time like dwelling on the predicting part of what I'm going to do. I mean, sometimes you know, Byron probably does. Sometimes I'm definitely one of those people that's not even like sending sending in my predictions until like the that last like hour or whatever. But um, I but I I definitely I I read the promos like I watch the videos. I like seeing the creativity and I like seeing where people are, are going because. For me, where see about once I see kind of where the landscape where people are going, that also kind of informs me of what I think I might want to do or what I think might make sense in the future. So, yeah, I'm always I'm always seeing what everybody's up to. Fantastic. As we're going along, we're sort of seeing new champions here, there, and everywhere. Currently, my boys are the Alliance. Um, Havoc has now won the UK. After Nurgante beating me and beating me twice, I, I just couldn't win it back. Fair enough. Um, we're seeing new champions everywhere. Out of sort of like the the, the roster that we've seen, out of the new sort of creativity, uh, people posting promos all the time. Mm-hmm. Who do you think will be a future champion? Who I think will be a future champion? Um, man, I mean, there's I mean, there's a lot of interest in. Uh, people, I would say. I mean, I mean, Negrante. He just lost the UK belt, but I mean, he's a sleeper. Um, honestly, the person he who who beat him, uh, what Tom Fino? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was uh, Havoc. Havoc. Okay, yeah, Havoc. Yeah, Havoc. I was like, Havoc's pretty impressive. Um, I was like, you know, Chuck Diesel. He's always put up some solid performances. He, it was like cho- chosen one CPG, also not too bad. Um, I and that's one of the things I will say is that you know I know I know I don't have a lot of other prediction league experience to compare to, but when you kind of look at it on paper and and like look at the numbers, we have a like there's a very strong kind of crop of people up at like the top of the in the top of like the league or like the roster wise. And you know, 
depending on the matchup, you never know what really could happen. So we, I think there's there's a lot of like several people who have a good shot at be, being future champions. Honestly, I think the best way to explain FTW booking or the way FTW results can go is basically TNA. It is <laughs> one of the hardest things to predict when it uh, comes to matches. You could go and talk the biggest amount of shit from weeks on end. It could be the Pinnacle versus CPG. We go back and forth. Yeah. We talk ourselves up. We go, and it could be a TNA event that someone was smoking something that they shouldn't have been, potentially, and picked a bunch of random crap that not yeah. even Vince would have picked. And just it just throws us off. And I think that is the best bit about prediction is the fact that we don't know and anything could happen. Um, exactly. exactly. And it's just one of them things. Especially when impact, when impact is involved. I mean, um, yeah, impact could be a cruel, cruel mistress, especially, especially them, uh, them impact plus pay-per-views particularly. Oh God. That's, don't even get me started on them. Oh uh, yeah. Hey, hey, you know, you know what? It it burned me before, but you know what? You usually I've kind of I've kind of figured out a a decent formula. I feel like with the impact that works more often than it doesn't. Yeah. See, I thought I had that with uh, Vinny. I had that with Vince's pay per views for a while, where it came up, and I was like, "Yep, I'm doing really, really well." Especially when I was UK champ, I was like, "Yep, I've got them down. I know exactly what he's gonna do." And now I couldn't tell you. They just, I swear, they just change the format every couple months, and it's just yeah. And especially raw. I mean, raw right now. I mean, in addition to being like very unappealing to watch, is also very hard to predict booking wise. I think the only decent thing to come out of Raw in the last couple of weeks has been RK Bro is mm-hmm. seeing Randy Orton and uh, Matt Riddle mess around with each other's moves, like Matt Riddle doing the RKO. Yeah. Um, do you think that could go somewhere? I mean, I think you know. I mean, I think they're definitely gonna get a, a tag title reign out of it. Um, I don't necessarily foresee it being the longest tag title reign, but I think they'll get a, a tag reign out of it. And you know, I, yeah, I, I'm pretty confident that when they do the singles feud after you know they split up or whatever, it, uh, that's going to be good. Like, I don't see. I think that's going to be quite good. Um, they both can go in the ring, even though they got two different styles. So, yeah, I think that's uh, for me. I'm like I'm kind of looking forward to whenever they decide to, you know, finally pull the trigger on that. Just as we go to finish, because I think we've been on here about thirty odd minutes. Um, I don't want to take any more of your precious time. We've said <laughs> that we've 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 both met Byron through weird ways. You met him through that group where, um, you just talked. I met him when he came to PWMF. For those that don't know, it was an, it's another group that my fellow Punisher, the Corporal Punisher, runs. And Byron came in and we were doing this whole invasion angle. How detrimental has Byron been to the career of the Pinnacle? Or how much of impact has he had in general? And is there anything that you'd like to throw his way, whether it's praise, whether it's something else? Oh, this real man! I would, I would say, I would say, yeah, nothing detrimental. Uh, I think yeah, Byron's done overall a pretty, a pretty good job of 
the league and you know growing it and keeping kind of keeping it um together and on the on the same page um yeah like, i don't really have too many really anything to say in in that way uh definitely thankful for you know him doing also what he does the lot the lob scores those come in clutch um keeping the excels sheet nice um the only thing honestly i would say and this is or I definitely said that the pinnacle would for sure say is that um, the pinnacle wants to be able, would love to be able to compete for the world championship while also still being the IC, IC champion. And that, that's, that's kind of been a sticking point. Um, I'm, the pinnacle's on his way right now to, be, to becoming this, this new spotlight champion. Once he takes it, once he finishes beating DJ Tech, so I mean, the world champion is the world championship is still something that the pinnacle's looking at. He'd love to do that, but I know outside of that change, uh, I don't really have any. I don't really have anything complaints. I think everything's going fairly smoothly. And that that brought me on to the last one. You answered a wee bit there, saying that you want a world a world title run, but. What's next for the Pinnacle Allen Matthews or what's next for Caleb Hampton? Is there anything else that you've sort of got in FTW or in life that you want to sort of do and just take this last wee while to plug yourself? Okay, yeah. Um, so, I mean, for the Pinnacle, yeah, like I said, finishing this Proven Ground match, winning the Spotlight Championship, out, holding two belts, that'll be good the world title thing that will, that'll be coming. Um, you know, right now, like I said, until it happens, I'm really focused on setting, you know, records, establishing like legit long title, title reigns. That's something I wanted to do. Like I said, I want to, you know, I understood that, you know, not everybody can be in the world title scene in the beginning of FGW. And so I kind of focused on, the IC title scene as a place I wanted to start at and uh, kind of become dominant, you know, in, in that world, kind of like how I saw wrestle wrestlers, actual wrestlers themselves, like, like Jericho or the Miz, uh, you know, use the IC title to be, to make it look, you know, like a very prestigious, like good workhorse title. That's kind of what I was just setting out to do with that. So I'm going to do the same thing with this new belt um, when that comes in. And in the future, um, I'll be looking to add some more like longer uh, running like story arcs with the Pinnacle, kind of giving him his character some more like twists and turns. Um, just because I think that'll be fun, and I kind of want to practice on my on my writing skills some in my in my video stuff. So we'll be so I'll be doing that. Um, see, personally, um, let's see, I'm almost done with graduate school and this master's degree. I'm just trying to finish writing this thesis to get out. And so in addition to that, I'm just, you know, looking, getting ready to find a new job. And let's see, my last thing, I just recently started a YouTube channel with one of my good friends called uh, Culture, called Culture Core Academy. So you can Search that on Instagram or Twitter, Facebook. Cultural Culture Core Academy is 
what we're calling ourselves. And I use and we use that to basically talk about pop culture stuff like comic books, you know, um, superhero related movies, uh, music, and that's um, that sort of thing, video games, stuff like that. So if you're interested in that sort of thing, you can you can follow us, like and subscribe that. We're, and we'll get the link for that and I'll put it in the comments of this podcast whenever it gets posted. Um, that's fantastic. Um, thank you very much, Caleb, for joining um, the very first episode. I don't know whether there'll be a second one, whether Byron will allow me to post a second one, but I think that went quite well. Word. I, yeah. I, thanks, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And I honor you. You let the pinnacle be the first, the first one. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, you always got to get the best on first, right? Hey, you know, I, not everybody understands that, but you know, but I, I, I'm not surprised that you that you did. Yeah, well, you see, I don't look like a smart guy, but I've got a business head sometimes, and you got to get the viewership up to start. Hey, yeah, I'm. Hey, like I said, we're here for it. Like, I'm. Look, we're, I'm assuming we're we're done recording. Um. Well, yeah, but we're still going for like a couple minutes. But yeah, like I just, I just let it roll just to see how stupid we oh. go. But oh, okay, yeah, that's cool. We'll go, just... we'll go with one last thing. We'll both punch in the character. Um, and there's something that we're meant to say at the end of every FCW recording. Um, What's that? It's something to do with Trey. Um, oh, and, that would but, be. What do you normally say? But let's do what I normally say, and I'm going to let you finish. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Chosen Chronicles. Your chosen one is out, and we're going to finish with the pinnacle, Alan Matthews, saying, may Trey go fuck himself. (laughs) One more time for the people in the back, pinnacle. May Trey go fuck himself. And that's us, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for joining the Chosen Chronicles.